Welcome to Telling the Tale. It's the podcast in which we cover every single Telltale episodic video game. I'm here with co-host Dustin Jackson. What's up? I'm afraid I've got some bad news, Mitchell. What? We're what? in space. <gasps> That's usually good news for me. <laughs> it's yeah. bad now. Yeah, not, not this time. No, it was, it was, that's, that's what we call a, uh, Homestar Runner reference. Hmm. Um, you know what I would like to reference? Uh, could it be Telltale's The Expanse? I believe it's called The Expanse, a Telltale series. <laughs> Fuck! Dork check over here. Turns Damn out you're it. a dork. Episode 1, <laughs> Archer's Paradox. Released on July 27th, 2023, which is... The most recent we've ever done a game for this podcast. Or maybe yeah. Return to Monkey Island? Uh, no, I, even then, I think we gave it a few, few more days than that. Yeah, I, I think we wanted a little more time uh, for that. So, And this one just came out, like, what, a week? Not even a week ago. Less than a but, week ago, yeah. But, but it makes sense considering that's a full game, and this is episode one of a full game. Yeah, uh, before we start, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, I just want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Ooh. Um, shout outs to uh, Dustin. You know what I'm going to say? What are you going to say, Mitchell? Shout outs to the legend of Monkey Island. Ooh, yeah. I, I was going to ask if we were going to bring it up last week, but I plum forgot. Yeah, so I think we're not doing an episode on it. Okay. Um, or or these maybe we can when they're all three of them out maybe we can uh, do a very special episode on it. I'd be I'd be down maybe. for that. Um, but you know it it is outside the scope of the podcast a little bit. Um, we've done that for Monkey Island in the past, but we'll we'll see. Uh, it is good. It is a Monkey Island canonical. It full Monkey Island game kind of, uh, but it is an expansion within. Sea of Thieves, and it plays like Sea of Thieves does. Yeah, it's what you might call an episodic Monkey Island story. Yeah, um, our our good personal best friend in the whole wide world, Chris Alcock, wrote a lot for it uh, over at Rare, and of course the the two of us are famously Rare fans, so we like famously. their stuff. Famously, we we've been accused of it in public. That's like my one personality trait. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know. Cool podcast, bud. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, I think they they knocked the tone of it out of the park. Um, being that it's not, um, sort of in the style of either a point and click adventure or a narrative adventure game like we typically do on this podcast, and also because it's not a follow up to Tales of Monkey Island. Uh, yeah, with, we, we're, we're not really covering it as much. But it is worth mentioning, especially because it's divided up into episodes like everything we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that 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 makes it uh, similar. I, it does I'm make it similar. Yeah. Uh, so just shout outs to that. Shout out. Yeah, thank you. Ah! <laughs> Did you say thank you? <laughs> I was I was going to say thank you, but then you said shout out. And so I went, ah! Wait, to, to Rare? Yeah, thank you for making a good uh, Monkey Island thing. Yeah, thank you, Rare. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's let's uh, dive into the Expanse then. Woo! This is the big moment that the Telltale group, as they are now renowned, what they've been leading to for like 
three years now, at least. Right. Uh, they're putting out a new Telltale game. After the uh, after the company crashed in 2018, we've got a new Monkey Island game by well, we just we just talked about that by Terrible Toy Box made returns. And that that wasn't really a Telltale thing, but you know Telltale is heavily associated with Monkey Island. Right. Uh, there was New Tales from the Borderlands, which was essentially a Telltale game. Yeah. Um, but not made by the Telltale people. And we did talk about that. We've got five full episodes of this podcast that you can go back and listen to if you'd like. Um, but we are talking about putting the name Telltale on the box, having the group Telltale work on the game. Yeah, like, this is the first game you can actually call a Telltale game since Walking Dead Season 4, right? Um... Yeah, I think the latest official release was the Shadows edition of the Batman games. Right. Um, but the latest new game, yeah, was Walking Dead Season 4. Mm-hmm. So we're back in it. We're, we're, uh, we're officially out of the period in which Telltale was considered a dead company. Raise your glass, Mitchell. Raise it up in the air and give it a good clink against mine. I'm drinking a Beach Plum LaCroix. Oh, that's awesome. I'm drinking water. Um, you know, I like I like both the words in Beach Plum. But yeah, I think together good. it makes it like you just found it out there. <laughs> yeah, you had to wipe all the sand off. Yeah, and like the, the just buy the condoms, you found some plums on the ground. I wouldn't make <laughs> juice out of that, but thankfully this is basically water. That's good. That's good. It's got a bubble in it. Yeah, it's got one bubble in it. Can't, don't spend it all in one place. Uh, so, I think there's a lot to talk about just with the idea that there there is this thing that was a major institution within video games coming back. It's now back. Um, but before we really dive into it, let's, let's do our, our normal thing that we do. Uh, it's directed by Stephen Frost and written by a number of people. I have found these credits to be some of the most difficult to decipher in terms of, like, picking these names out. Right. Um, of anything we've done. Wow. Yeah, so I'm going to say who the director is, the narrative lead, which I assume is head writer, and the uh, lead designer. Okay. Uh, narrative lead is Jonathan Zimmerman. And lead designer is Christopher Sika. There are a number of people who have put their all into this game. Uh, notably, this game was published by Dustin Dudenow. Um, Was it not published by Telltale Games? No, no, no. Because Telltale is not a publisher. Or I guess not yet, at least. Um, they are owned by the parent company, Alcon, now. The oh. current version of Telltale is owned by the company Alcon, which is the company that pre-existed the revitalization of Telltale that bought the brand and then built it back up. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So they're listed I'm... as publisher. Okay, I'm on board now. I, I get you. I, I got all the info. Yeah, and then the, the developers, there's two developers listed. Um, and the way... 
that they're divided in the credits is that they've said deck nine is the uh, writer and designer written and designed by deck nine is what it says. Mm. And then also development by telltale games. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's three names floating around there. And you know, that just seems to be the thing that happens when things get old enough and uh, there's enough money floating around and, Lawyers need to decide what names go where. But that's how it goes. And I think we can point to the uh, creative decision-making mostly at Deck 9. Yeah, that, that's, what that's it seems like. kind of what I assumed going in. Yeah, I don't think Telltale is just putting their name on it, though. I think they're really, like, they are part of the development. Um, right. But, but yeah, we, we, we can talk mostly about Deck 9 here. Okay, so I haven't played any of Deck Nine's other games. If I'm correct, they did uh, one of the Life is Strange games. Yeah, I think they did uh, two of them actually. But yeah, oh, okay. um, they they've done Life is Strange, and Life is Strange has been compared many times to Telltale games. Right. I never played it, but I always I have a friend who's been trying to get me to play it, and I will someday. But yeah. I feel like I feel like when I have so many of these games I have to play for the podcast, I'm mm-hmm. just not in a huge hurry to play one outside of that. Yeah, totally. I'm in the same boat. I have not played Life is Strange. Um, it is a great someday game, though. Yeah. Like oh, high, yeah. high quality, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so with all that in mind, we've talked about the, the bit we need to talk about. Dustin. Yes. What do you think? What did old Dustin think of The Expanse Episode 1? Um, Archer's Paradox. I thought it was all right. My So here's my thing with it. It's just not my... like like It's not what appeals to me personally, but I thought it was still, you know, very professionally done. Um, it's... It, 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 it's just, I, I don't want to say it's like uh, an uphill battle because it's not like I was going into this kicking and screaming or anything. It, it's just one of those things that I feel like at least at this point, like when mm-hmm. we're only one episode in, I can only get like so invested in it just just because it's not really my thing and nothing against it, nothing against uh, a- a- any of it. Like, like I said, I still think uh, it was uh, pretty all right. There was some cool stuff in it I enjoyed. I, I just don't know if I'm, like, super gripped as of finishing episode one. But, uh, you know, there's... Are there four or five more episodes left? Because there we got right. the extra episode, right? It, that is a good question. Um, there are officially five total episodes, but then okay. also a bonus episode, which might not be a full episode length or anything like that. Or maybe it's more. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious tell. about what it'll... Because that's not something we've seen in these Telltale games so far, is, like, just a bonus episode. Like, I would assume that means it's not crucial, but so so who knows exactly what's going to be in it. Yeah, I assume that it'll be, like, 400 days. Yeah, just something, just, like, a little bonus thing at the end. Yeah, and not like Sam and Max season one, where it just turned out to have six episodes. Right, yeah. 
um yeah but yeah like i i i don't want to sound like i disliked it or anything i'm not gonna be mr sourpuss about it like i was uh other games we've played um but for for what it is i i can see the uh i can see the talent put into it it's a very uh it's a very good looking game and like I said, there are still some things I thought were uh, cool about it. But uh, Mitchell, what did you think of it? Um, I think my my immediate first instinct here is to say they really should have launched with two episodes. Yeah, this episode was uh, pretty it, short. It pretty pretty short and small in scale. Uh, well, yeah. small in scale in some ways. In other ways, it's kind of enormous. But uh, it, I, it, I guess it didn't it's... take that long to play through. Yeah, I get. I guess it's not like the biggest deal in the world, especially since you're only going to be waiting like it's two weeks for each episode, right? Every other mm-hmm. week they're putting out another one. Um, so I think starting off with a smaller chapter isn't necessarily that big a problem as it would have been in the past if you're waiting like a month to upward. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fine if you're only waiting like a couple weeks. I. I think so too, but I know that like if I dropped something for two weeks and I wasn't really like hyped, hyped, hyped on getting back on it, and I don't have a podcast to commit me to it or anything, <laughs> uh, that is enough time to drop it, you know. So I, I am nervous about that for its uh, chances with people who are coming in blind. Because my other big thought is, I think I got a lot out of it just from having watched the first season of the television show, The Expanse. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I did not. Right. <laughs> I did um, not watch it, but uh, th- that, so you think that watching even just that first season really uh, helped you out here? Maybe even just, like, a few episodes, because the, um, I I never met Kamina Drummer in that time oh. that I, I watched the show. She's not in the first season. I think she's in the second season later on, uh, okay. and that's where, where she, like, comes in, but just the just the world that we're dealing with here where um like there there are three established like long-term civilizations you've got earth and mars and the asteroid belt and knowing a little bit like just a little bit about how each of them are make this universe feel a lot fuller because we saw one ship with one crew explore one wreckage in this episode (laughs) and that's really what it was so it's like i have seen um you know the dwarf planet Ceres in the asteroid belt that's that's like a big setting in the show Ooh, and it's a cool setting i think Ceres looks awesome uh and if we go there i'm excited to see that in this game um especially because there would be a lot of people there um and it's it's kind of like uh Oh man, please think of a better example. Okay, I couldn't think of a better example. It's like <laughs> Rogueport from Paper Mario. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Dork. a good example. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, there, there's just like a lot of uh, you know, sort of um, grimy alleyways, and and people are not living super wealthily. But there's all kind these of like a scummy little, area, kind of a scummy area. Uh, but also there's this like very concentrated bit of wealth out to the side. Mm. Uh, where they they have 
these big like opulent rooms but um like a, a luxury in this world is having a like a house plant because oxygen Ooh. is scarce oh, so it, okay. it's it's seen as like a a really uh extravagant to do to have a house plant because you have to spend water on it too which is one of the highest commodities highest priced commodities in the in the asteroid belt because you Man, don't have I, like natural flowing water i don't even have a house plant you could though <laughs> that's, that's true it wouldn't be hard yeah yeah i are, are you okay <laughs> because i don't have a house plant no i barely have a house plant i've got a little cactus uh that hey, I think that's, Scott Capula. that's something yeah uh it is it is something i wouldn't uh, mind getting a little cactus so just having the uh, the knowledge that like Earth is probably the wealthiest of the places because it's the most established, but it's also a little used up. And then Mars is this very militaristic place, and the asteroid belt is uh, really like the slums of right. the sol- the solar system. Just from that, I have a little bit enough to work through how I want to feel about some of the things they're saying in this game, because they are not gentle is what I'll say. Yeah. They are not gentle about just saying, wow, I can't believe I'm hanging out with a Martian Marine and you, the player have to go like, because you don't like Mars or (laughs) what's the, what's the situation here? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like they they said in interviews that they were really, uh, cognizant of making sure that this is a game that people who've never seen the show can play because it is a prequel right it takes place before the show um and i think you can dustin correct me if i'm wrong but i also think like wow they they really are just saying a lot of stuff though that you won't know uh i mean i think you can you can you can pretty easily just guess the con the uh I mean, you sure. can figure out what's going on. You, you. It's not like I was lost at any point during this. Like, oh no, I don't think you'd be lost. I, I just like you think get that, the context of it. I think. Yeah, it, it's it's not negatively. I don't believe it would be negatively affecting, but I do believe that you are missing some of the positively affecting things. Oh, uh, uh, probably. Yeah, just just like oh, I don't know why on earth I would care about this character. And like, well, if you, if you have a little bit of a of a grounding on it, you you will care more about this character. Um, right, I get that. Yeah, even though all of these characters, even including Drummer, to me are new, uh, just because I think they are all new characters except for Drummer, and I haven't seen Drummer. Right, but even just having that little bit of context for this world kind of goes a long way. It goes it goes a long way. It made me feel. Like, I had a better grasp on um, some of the stakes. For instance, okay, one of the biggest choices in this episode, we're jumping ahead a little bit, um, a crewmate of yours, uh, Reyes, he gets Mm -hmm. his leg trapped in a way that you can't possibly have guessed how he gets his leg trapped. Like it, it's just, it's just sort of like between two walls. Like, did you put it in there? How did that happen? For you? <laughs> Why did you make this choice? <laughs> it, uh, right? Like, how could he have done that to himself? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's got his leg trapped between the wall and a crate full of supplies. And, 
just from just from seeing the show i think it gave me a little bit probably not like a super necessary amount of context of like how much do i think that creative supplies is worth is it worth uh-huh. killing a guy um or at least cutting off his leg and also probably much more important i've seen someone's limbs get taken off and then they can regrow them because it's the future oh <laughs> because it's the future yeah I... <laughs> that's such a good (laughs) imagine saying that to him don't worry your leg will grow back it's the future yeah i've I've said that whenever uh whenever we're talking about like going somewhere with my friends and they're like "Eh, it's pretty far and i go no i can drive it's the future it's the future don't worry about it it's the future to someone is the new yeah like it's five o'clock somewhere yeah it's the jetsons um yeah so i had the knowledge of like if this guy loses a leg he does not have to always have it be gone um so that that affected a choice a little bit and there's other things like that throughout the episode that uh you just get a little bit more out of it maybe a little bit um i will say the biggest and coolest thing about this episode has nothing to do with knowing the show which is that you spend a lot of time exploring in zero uh, zero G. Yeah, that's that's one of the parts I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's um it's really good. I, I really like it. Yeah, like you're still for the most part just kind of going down hallways, but it still feels cool to just be like, oh, I could be upside down if I wanted. Yeah, there's uh so it's the wreckage of the UNN. <sighs> <laughs> something i don't have that one in my notes um, i wrote it down it's oh the, did you? it's it's a unn urshanabi urshanabi uh and the unn is the united nations n <laughs> uh but but like just from earth basically and uh the, the urshanabi is broken into three huge parts it, it was uh blown up or cut up by some sort of aggressor pirate ship and you are exploring the hallways of these three parts. They're big enough where you and spread out enough where you really are like, it feels cool and explorative to go around and go through these hallways, find new things. You can uh, find but, like recordings by some of the crew. Yeah, uh, but small enough that it doesn't turn into like a full adventure game. It's still like, it's still at the heart of it is telltale games where you're doing the choice but like they'll give you a couple um like side missions every now and again yeah saying things like hey did you uh did you hear from the doctor that we need a new shiny crystal and there's probably one on this ship somewhere maybe you should go and look around for it on your downtime on your free time when you're not doing anything i did not find that crystal i tried but i didn't I almost didn't, but I did. Because uh, I was job. looking for it for a very long time. And I eventually found where it was. It was under... Like, there, there was one hallway that was sticking out like a little tube under the space. Like, it, not viewable from the center of the three things. Uh-huh. So you had to, like, really trek around uh, one of these tubes. And then, like, there was one hallway eventually where I found... Uh, like, there was a light glowing out of it. There was a red light. And I, I was like, oh, I don't think I saw a red light before. 
but I was sure I had like circled all of the tubes like three times. Uh, right. And then I went in, and then that's where it was. Good job. Look at you finding crystals. Yeah, and it, it was hard to find, and kind of kind of fun to find. I didn't. Nothing happened for having it <laughs> yet, and that is probably another big reason why we should have probably gotten two episodes on the yeah. first day. I I will say one thought I had about just having the one episode is. I feel like having just one episode and having it be so short mm-hmm. mean means that newcomers such as I yeah. are not overloaded with so much stuff. Like, oh, like totally. they're not throwing a whole bunch of things out that you have to remember. Like it's just enough that if you're new and don't know any of this shit, you can grab the basics pretty easily. Yeah. And uh, like beyond that, it's, it's short in play time. It was probably only like an hour 15 for me something like that yeah it, it's it's hard for me to really know how long it took me because i was juggling it between taking notes and messaging mm-hmm. some people right. here and there yeah but, I, uh, I always yeah. write a full page of notes during an episode so my ones are a little longer but even then it felt like i don't think it was much longer than an hour 15 like it was right it's pretty short uh but the space that you're exploring is enormous because of just how large the wreckage of the UNN uh, Urshanabi is and how it's all spread out. How there's all these little, like, smaller things to find around the thing that uh, are not critical for you completing the missions, but you'll get, like, extra mission logs or something like that. Right. Cool stuff. I, yeah, I like, I like stuff that uh, emphasizes exploration. I also like stuff that emphasizes exploration wow yeah i can totally imagine that if you were like a diehard fan of the walking dead style of telltale game the introduction of this real-time mechanic all of a sudden i i could totally see it putting someone off um if they if this isn't the kind of thing they've ever liked out of video games I will say it is exactly the kind of thing I like out of video games. Uh, so I'm into it. And it's so fun to just like drift around uh, everywhere and just explore everywhere. Like from a real 3D angle. There's a lot of things where you need to... Uh, like you're looking around a room and you're trying to find something and you don't see it. And you're wondering like, where is it? And then you look up and there's a big hole in the ceiling and you can just go up. That's cool. That's yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, totally. I, I thought exploring was... Even as someone who isn't particularly into this general sort of setting and story, I still I still thought it was fun exploring around, finding stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the logs and uh, dead bodies. There was, there was an interview that came out of either Telltale or Deck Nine um, where someone responsible for the game was saying... Like, Sam and Max was Telltale's big jump into point-and-click adventures, and even though Bone did happen first. And then The Walking Dead was Telltale's big jump into um, narrative choices mattering throughout their stories, even though Jurassic Park kind of did that style first. And then this is the big jump into zero-G exploration. And when they said that... (laughs) I thought, well, come on, man. That's clearly not the same category of thing. 
you're yeah, talking that, about. That that seems more just this. I, I don't think yeah. they're gonna be having zero G exploration in like the Wolf Among Us too. Maybe. I wouldn't be mad. I, I think that would be cool. I <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't be mad. I'm just saying I would not expect it, but I'd be I'd be into it. What I will say about it is uh if Wolf Among Us two had like level design where you go and explore through a street and maybe you can like knock on different doors and talk to people down the street. Um that would be that would be cool. That'd Have be a more neat. like I'd open be... like street corner thing. Yeah, let you like talk to various inhabitants. Inhabitants, yeah, inhabitants are key. I hope Mister <laughs> Toad's there. back. I don't think he is. I think he was shipped off to the that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That ward. Uh, they should put him in the, the farm. expanse. They should put him in the expanse. Yeah, it is the yeah. future. So yeah, yeah, Toad's in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I, I think, like, more more necessarily than the Zero-G, which is, like, I guess the fun marketing thing to talk about with this game, and is very cool. Uh, just the fact that, like, there's level design in this Telltale game. Have yeah. we seen that? Um, Like, obviously, we've had level design in most of the adventure games, like the point-and-click ones, but they were almost always more environment art-driven. And... It was fine just, like, having a flat plane where some things are over here and some things are over here, there. Yeah. But here, like, it really matters how the the hallway system of, of the Urshanabi is, like, split up. Mm-hmm. And how the exploration of the space works. Yeah, I don't think we've seen anything specifically like that in a Telltale game before. Yeah, like, this is level design where... They had, I'm sure, had to, like, block out and prototype and test, like, well, does this feel good or does that feel good? And compare that to, like, Strong Bad, where, um, yes, I'm sure they did that for that game, too, to a degree. Um, but it, it, it would work if you moved, like, the stick to the other side of the car, <laughs> you know? <laughs> does, does the stick feel better here or there? Where should Bubs... To be fair, they do let you put any location anywhere on your map. I guess that's how little it matters in that game, then, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, put it wherever it feels good. Where do you think the stick is in relationship to the car? <laughs> <laughs> do you think Bubs lives next door to Marzipan's house? I do. I do think that. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so, like, I I would point to this genuinely being one of those kinds of big moments for te- uh, Telltale, like Sam and Max and Walking Dead were, but I wouldn't point at the Zero-G. I would just put it, point at the fact of uh, exploration in yeah. general. Yeah, That totally. is the cool new addition, and that works. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I You could... Maybe it's just because we've played so many of these up until now, but you really can just feel how big, how what a big departure that is. It it just feels much bigger, mm-hmm. uh, e- even the credits, though the episode were... is shorter. Yeah, totally. In the credits, there were two level designers listed, which is um, I don't know if I was seeing that just for this episode. In which case, yeah, cool. Uh, but if it's for the whole season. Wow, just two? That's they they had a lot of work to do. Yeah. Designing these <laughs> yeah, things. seriously. Yeah. I mean, like one person would normally do a level 
or like what or that's not the way i meant to say that a level like this would normally go to one person but if uh if every piece of level in all of the season is just these two level designers um and really impressive yeah good job level designers yeah high quality stuff let's talk about the story okay what what did you think about the story what would you like the most and what did you dislike the most um okay yeah you know what that was way too open-ended on my part (laughs) (laughs) what'd you think of kamina drummer um i i don't know how i feel about her yet um she she seems to me she seems pretty distant from a lot of the i mean i'll say that in general i feel like maybe the character relationships i didn't really grasp onto yet yeah, we got a lot Maybe between just Maya because... and Kamina. Yeah, I like that. I like seeing... I, I have it in my notes. Oh, these two are friends, at least. Mm-hmm. And then Cox and Drummer obviously have a very specific relationship. But yeah. a lot of people on the, the ship, they feel like they just met each other. And um, I can I kind of see why they're going for that. They want to like establish... They want to have you establish the group, right? Yeah. But it does feel f- somewhat cold because of that feels a little cold i i think that sums up how i feel about most of the characters and it just uh, just kind of cold but i do feel like that uh friendly relationship between uh her and maya goes a long way uh to it it at least shows that you have some sort of uh relationship with someone on this ship right yeah and you do uh you you have a a fairly friendly relationship with Someone who who has the best joke in the episode. Did you find this where you can look at a like a container on the outside of the um, the wreckage of the Urshanabi, and you t- can take something out of it, and then you hear on the on the comms, Maya says, "Drummer, did you just take that off that pressure sensitive chamber? You need to get out of there now. That thing's gonna blow in five, four, and then like nothing happens." And she was just joking about it the whole time. <laughs> I didn't get that, but it, they they mentioned that in uh, the choices at the end, and so yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah. just a little moment, but uh, yeah, it, it sounds fun. <laughs> well, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> it's, it's, we're just having some fun. Yeah, we're just having some fun talking about little moments. <laughs> Um, yeah, so just between the little bit of introduction you get to every character on, um, on the Artemis, which is your group's ship, before you actually go into the meat of the level on the Urshanabi, is, um, it, it, it's, it's enough, but yeah, there are times where I think I've been better acquainted with characters right off the bat, like... We always bring it up, but Tales from the Borderlands Season 1, Episode 1. That just does such a good job. That's exactly... Before you even said it, that's where my mind went. Yeah, between Reese and uh, Chris Hardwick and Fiona. Uh, just, like you, <laughs> you know those characters so well just after that one episode. Patrick Warburton, his whole deal is explained very well and very succinctly. Right. Uh, and, and you start to like... You start to enjoy and dislike characters in that world right off the bat. You start to, like, think through planning of, well, if I'm ever going to have to choose between 
Reese and Patrick Warburton. I'm going to choose Reese because Patrick Warburton <laughs> is rude to me. And he was so mean. I don't really get so much of that with this crew immediately. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully they'll have more time to show these characters off in the future but right now none of them really like i'll I'll tell you now it was a little hard picking a a weekly guy for this episode but um yeah i i do like that you get some little bits like i i like that you can tell uh con and uh drummer don't have a super good relationship with one another like there's like you said there's enough there that you can kind of get an idea a a little bit sort sort of yeah because like with khan khan is the um i forget exactly what khan i think they said she's like a pilot right um and drummer like early on the episode you're supposed to just tell everyone you're leaving so you go up to khan and go hey we're leaving and uh do you have any like an eta and when we're gonna get there and con goes uh it depends if you keep distracting me and fucking talking to me dork and you have to just like live stupid idiot how rude that is uh (laughs) which which like yeah it's good to have characters of all stripes because like maya is kind of the opposite where she's really friendly and familial with you uh, to the point yeah. where they might be setting up uh, like a romantic thing. I, I mean, I, I would feel pretty strongly that they are um, mm-hmm. between Drummer and Maya. I just don't know that for sure because I don't know Drummer's status in the uh, the show. Yeah, but it, it's like, come on, Con, we're in space. Be yeah. nice. Yeah, and like like her being that way kind of prohibits me from learning anything deeper about her. Um, so right. I, I don't feel like we made that connection. And then with the twins, I like the twins are better, but I still kind of don't feel like I made that deeper connection with the twins. No, totally. I, I totally agree. Um, the twins are Reyes and, uh, Ar- Arlen. And they're, I, they have like little fights with each other all the time. That's kind of their defining thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a little hard to tell whether or not their fights are like serious or not. I was kind of like, yeah. Like, I was like, is he, like, actually being mean? <laughs> yeah, because, like, uh, Arlen puts his brother Reyes in a headlock. And, you know, you see you see brothers fight in, like, brotherly media kind of often, right? Uh, right. They, they do that, like, hand-slapping thing a little bit where they, they put, like, hand, 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 just to <laughs> push them against each other. Um, and that that is something that I think people can relate to. And then Arlen was saying things like, well, you really fucked up this time. You broke your thing. And it didn't seem friendly. It didn't. It suddenly didn't seem fun at all. Yeah, it sounded like you should have cut my brother's leg off, you idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, uh, so I'm guessing you didn't, by the way. I did not. I also did not. Um, uh one one thing uh, you know what i'll save it i'll save it for the end i had something that really stuck out to me i don't want to jump about one of the twins no just about the game in general okay yeah yeah yeah. um so like reyes is kind of a klutz and he's the meeker of the twins and arlen's a little bit of a bully um and and you have an option early on to establish dominance or not by punching arlen in the face um (laughs) And I did do that. 
I didn't. I was just like, eh. well, because at first I did think it was just kind of. They're going to walk like all over brothers. you, Dustin. Well, no, I was like, I want to see, I want to see this. I'm, I'm just going to watch you put him in a headlock. I, I, cause I didn't think it was like serious. Oh, this is, this is two separate choices though. Cause, uh, the first choice is to break up the fight or not. Um, uh, and then I did break them up. Oh yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't, I just watched. And I was like, then okay. after that, Arlen like steps to me a little bit and he's like, well, so what you think you're so important? And I'm thinking, like, I'm the XO on the ship. I gotta do something. So I punch him in the face. <laughs> and because he was being out of line, he was he, he was straight up being out of line, uncool, See, Arlen. Th- that well, that kind of that kind of reminds me of some other Telltale choices where it seems like the two options are maybe more extreme than you would go. One option is to ignore him and to just let it slide. And the other is to just sock him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I, what if I want to be stern, but not like get physical? Like you should be able to assert dominance without fucking punching him right in the face. They're going to walk all over you, buddy. That's what I'm saying. Like it's either walk all <laughs> over me or slam him so hard in his little head. On my ship, you get slammed a little bit. Just a, just a little slamming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so that's the full cast of characters. Oh, and, and Cox is the captain of the ship. Uh, and I guess the centerpiece of this episode is uh, dealing with the choices of Captain Garrison Cox. Yeah. Um, oh, there's also Virgil. Oh, Virgil, right. Yeah, he's the doctor. Yeah, he's he seems nice. He's he seems like one of the nicer guys on the ship. Yeah, but he's also kind of like just nice right now. Yeah, I bet he's got really stuff to do. Else. I'm really I I haven't seen anything from Telltale or Deck Nine that makes me think these characters are gonna like stay this way. But this is just one of the many reasons that like hey, the game the episode was really short. It was even shorter than like a lot of the later Telltale games, which were shorter than the earlier Telltale games. Right. And these characters haven't, like, made maybe enough of a presence for themselves yet. And we're given the access to a lot of choices here. There were uh, uh, ten choices listed at the end of the episode. Yeah, so, like, this is the thing I was talking about earlier that I was going to bring up. It it felt like every single dialogue choice you got. Like, I, I like being told what choices were in the episode, but I don't know if I need, like this many i don't know if i need like did you did you say this or this and mm-hmm. i'm like okay uh well, it, it just seems like overkill it, it kind of belittles some of the other choices just just a smidge well do you know here's here's why i think it feels a little bit like overkill okay aside from the number of them we don't get the importance of them this episode yeah of, of almost any of them. So, like, um, like keeping the leg or not, do you think, even if we didn't have the leg, that we'd find out what that does this episode? Or, um, like, the relationship with Maya, with getting the upper hand on her in the fight, or laughing at her prank, I like, that doesn't seem to translate into anything now. But I'm sure it will. It'll start snowballing. It always does. Right, but I mean, like, all of them? No, no, certainly not all of them, but any of them, because they currently do none of them. 
Yeah, it, 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 it just seemed like a lot. And, like, I think about how other Telltale games, about how, uh, you know, you'll make choices with your dialogue and who to talk to and stuff, but they know those are just like, okay, these, these aren't that important, but they're still choices you can make. Yeah. We will just keep the important ones for the end. And, like, I, I don't think you lose that much by having this many choices. I, I'm just kind of confused <laughs> a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's possible. Wouldn't it be something if, like, all of these had some sort of importance? I don't believe that'll happen. But Well, they, uh, normally, they normally show us five at the end of the episode, but I don't really yeah. think there are that this episode has any more than normal i think it just is listing them all yeah no that's what i mean it it lists way more than it your does. average telltale game to the point where i'm like did this really need to like one of the ones at the end was uh i i wrote down 23 percent uh drummer didn't talk to con about the pirates 45 percent asked con about her past with pirates 32 percent didn't ask um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, good good point. <laughs> fair, fair. I was just kind of like, is that one you really needed to tell me? Do I need to know that that percentage of people chose not to ask or didn't engage at all? So let's talk about the, um, the, the core narrative of this episode. Okay. Um, you are on the ship, the Artemis, led by Captain Garrison Cotts. He tells everyone. That this is the last score you'll ever need. We're just going to salvage the important, valuable stuff out of this ship. And then we'll be golden. We'll all be so rich. I'm breaking out the expensive booze right now. In order to toast to you to emphasize this point. Drink up. Um, And then you go there. You do find a bit where Reyes gets his leg trapped in uh, a storage container. You have to let the storage container go. Cox says over the radio, well, that's less money. And uh, that's that's what we did. Uh, also, you could, you know, cut off Reyes's leg. And everyone seems to be very down with this on the comms, except for Maya. Maya's yeah, the Maya... only one who thinks, like, maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, she said you did the right thing. And she then everyone does. else is like, come on, you should have cut off the leg. I don't think Virgil makes a point about it, but he would all, I bet he would say that he's on the side of you keeping the leg too. Yeah. Even Reyes's brother, his twin brother Arlen's like, yeah, cut the leg off. Yeah, then I will be the dominant twin. <laughs> I'll be so much heavier. <laughs> I will have two legs and uh, he will only have one. We will be similar in every way except that. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure that you can save him because I would doubt that he dies. But like what they say on the radio when that happens is um, Virgil says that with a wound like that near the artery and, and like near the artery, it's the whole leg, uh, you're going to have a risk of dying. So it's not just losing a leg, it's like possibly dying, which is why I chose to jettison the cargo because like, of course, you know, if someone's going to yeah. die, what's not... Especially twins, you think like they bring in twins, mm-hmm. so you don't. So you can spare one. one. <laughs> yeah, one one will be expendable. Oh, that's uh, like the Weasley brothers situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You still got one. You're allowed to spend one of them. <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to just 
empty the container. Right. Just, yeah, take it all with us. And then also take the stuff out and then jettison the container and then put that stuff in another container. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want you to do that. Yeah. Well, you know. Happens. Yeah, it happens. I, I guess sometimes you don't think about stuff like that. Sometimes you have only two choices. So the other thing that happens uh, is that once you go in here, you're trying to figure out, like, what happened to the ship? We don't even know what happened. Every crew member's head has been cut off. And in the entryway, the first thing you see when you come into the ship is a room full of floating heads. Uh, what a what a scene to see. Yeah, gro- it's really gross. Yeah, you know what my favorite part of it is, though? Hmm. Walking through and pushing the heads away. It did make it funny them. immediately, I, I will say. Uh, just the animation of their heads like floating faster than you would expect away from you. Yeah, one of them got out of the room, because it's a real physics object <laughs> in Zero-G. One of them got hey, out of the room ahead of me, here. and I just like kept finding it following me around. <laughs> and it, it definitely takes away from like the grim queasy feeling i think it wants you to have about it <laughs> you um, get back in there <laughs> yeah, i named it gerald <laughs> gerald you're my sidekick now yeah so you're trying to figure out why that happened oh by the way brief side note was it not just last episode dustin when i was trying to think of who in the telltale games universe is named maya we have one That's now. true. Now we do. We have a Maya. You would have been so right if this had come out like a week earlier. <laughs> yeah. At the time I said that, there wasn't one. <laughs> and then they, they made a new game with a Maya in it just for me. J- just, yeah. Well, they did it right after you said there was. So they could have been a little... If it was just for you, I feel like it would have been more helpful if it were earlier. Now it seems like adding insult to injury. Doing something for me out of spite is still doing something for me. <laughs> They're like, Mitchell, you look so foolish, Maya. This is Maya now. <laughs> and she's from Mars and everything. You you would have nailed it. You would not have looked so bad. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, that's <laughs> that kind of uh, precognition is why I make the big bucks on this podcast. That's true. That's who comes out laughing in the end. So you go through the ship and you eventually find the captain's quarters where he also has been decapitated. And um, you find in a safe in his room this data storage disk of some sort. You mm-hmm. wire it back to um, to Cox. And then Cox receives the data and he's looking through it and then he goes... Hey, drummer, you should check out the exhaust on our ship before you go. It's really important that you see it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you so you go down there, and then Cox turns the ship on, like, trying to burn you up, and you just barely, like, crawl along the side back up in. And uh, his plan to kill you did not work. It didn't take. Yeah, better luck next time, huh, Chief? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, what a uh, shit sucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you kind of lead a mutiny against Cox. Khan gets shot in the arm in the process. Um, and you have this interrogation with Cox when he's in the airlock, which is the in-media res scene we saw at the very beginning of the episode before the eight hours earlier mark showing right. what happened earlier that day. 
what what I thought was very funny about this scene, like it's not meant to be funny, but I just thought it was kind of funny how it played out, was how, uh, so Cox tries to kill you, you make it back onto the ship, and you see him, like, giving you a sort of eulogy to the rest of the crew, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Drubber wouldn't want us to waste oxygen morning, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then Drummer shows back up alive, and then Cox is immediately like, she's trying to mute me against me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop her. Yeah. And then even the twins are like, maybe, dude, but we're not going <laughs> to. It's just such a bad argument from you. Yeah, not. it doesn't make you look good when you're trying to say someone died, and then they're trying to say you tried to kill them, and then you immediately say, oh, they're, they're trying to mute me. Stop them, please. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of like subtext going on through the episode that is never the point of the plot, but it has a lot to do with uh, discrimination against belters. Both of the twins are belters. You, as Kamina dr- uh, drummer, are a belters. They're sometimes derogatorily called skinnies, which is treated like a very very bad word. Uh, yeah, because on the asteroid belt, you're on something like Ceres, a uh, very very low source of gravity on these asteroids so your your bones get skinnier and longer and uh you get taller but thinner just as the result of living in that zero g environment and uh people from earth and from mars seem to really look down on these people including cox who is an earther and um there was like this moment where the twins join in to help um to help drummer and then cox's thing like oh i would have thought you people would have worked together i should have seen this coming and right. it, just, it seems like it just seems rude immediately it's like whoa dude yeah you you, you tried to kill a person you you tried to kill me and then you're like how dare you <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> yeah don't i'm not the asshole here yeah and then like even in the airlock as he's kind of pleading for his life and he's explaining that on the data disk he found this thing called the MK core, which I don't, I haven't heard of, and Drummer hasn't heard of, which Cox says is the point, <laughs> apparently. Right. Uh, but it's very valuable. That's why I was trying to uh, get rid of you because, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a huge amount of money if we get this in. Uh, even as he's saying it, he's saying things like, "Okay, yeah, I tried to kill you with the exhaust of the rockets." Um, who hasn't but here's why there was like a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) i guess you're right i didn't consider that it was a lot of money uh so then you're given like the big choice of the episode which is either space him which is to shoot him (laughs) at the airlock i I thought that was some funny terminology um or just put him in the brig yeah i'm what did you do mitchell i think i have an idea Spaced him. Spaced him right out. You spaced him out? Was that not I, your idea? No. I I put him in the brig because he's right. I could use whatever information he has. I spaced him because he tried to kill me 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. No, that makes sense. He was my captain on the ship and he tried... He literally said, I only tried to kill you in order to get a smaller number of shares on the bounty we're about to get and i'm thinking well if i leave you around then you're probably still going to try to do that <laughs> so yeah yeah meet space <laughs> have fun 
Yeah, just like just like a, a, a actually very greedy psychopath. <laughs> I he, like I can't. There's no room. There's no room on the ship. Right. Yeah. I I did not. Yeah. Just because he said, "Look, I can help you. I got info on this. Uh, you could really use me." And I was like, "Shit, you're right." I I guess. I feel like it would have been too hasty to at least space him right now. Mm-hmm. Like, but I I get better safe than sorry as well yeah and uh i'm well i'm glad we have both of those because that does seem like the biggest choice in the episode in terms of determining what happens next so we'll have that for the podcast yeah um but yeah no i feel very comfortable about spacing that guy (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so uh anything else we want to talk about um not really i mean there. It, it's not a super long episode. There really isn't that much. To, we covered everything that I can think of. Yeah, it's it's fairly short. Um, it's fairly short and, and somewhat tropey uh, in, in kind of a fun way. But it definitely makes it feel like we've seen these tropes before when uh, the guy says, it's our last score and then we're out. And then <laughs> uh, Kamina Drummer is like setting everything up and she goes, it's in and out, no games. And <laughs> then you're like, well, okay, well, I, I've seen this heist movie before. It, I, I've got news for you, Drummer. We're there's going to be some playing, games. <laughs> we're, we're actually playing a game right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, full camera control is also, I think, a Telltale first. Yeah, we had I it think in, so. I think we had it in New Tales that was, like, pretty full camera control. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is this is really a lot and yeah, uh it, it, it some just new horizons it certainly feels like the most i mean I, i'm playing on my ps5 i'm playing it in uh in 4k ultra hd Ooh, with uh, I'm, I'm doing the, the same correctly. on my i'm doing the same on my xbox series x feels like the most high-tech game we've played on this show yeah visually very uh in incredible um mm-hmm. i will say i was surprised at how long some of the loading times were even on these modern systems. Oh, I don't think I had that issue. Mm. Like when? Um, just at various points. It felt like at least for like a Series X game, I had a couple load times that weren't like egregious. They weren't like awful, but just being on the Series X had me a little like, oh, this this is a little longer than I would have expected. But, uh, like, the main part of the episode is all that open area with no loading, though, right? You didn't have loading anywhere in the zero-g section, did you? Um, I remember having a a somewhat long load time when, uh, when was it? Oh, shit, I should have marked it down. I, I just remember, like, two specific, I think maybe it was getting to the ship. Mm, Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean then, that would be the big loading thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think pretty good. Even though, uh, like, like was it like a minute long? Like, was it a really long load? No, it was just it was maybe like thirty seconds. But just given the fact that we're on these, uh, I, I I guess I've just gotten used to like every game I play having like no load times on, wow. on the Series X. Well, write it down. Uh, I guess PlayStation is just for big kids and maybe xbox is for little babies hey man 
<laughs> I guess. I didn't you know bring that. This in, you bring this in here? I'm going off what you're telling me. <laughs> I really fucked myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think in terms of Telltale being back, it definitely feels like a Telltale game in the way they did them, huh? Like, that's that's the big thing I was wondering. Like, is it really going to feel like they're back? Or is it going to feel like, well, other people are kind of doing this sort of style? Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's kind of how new Tales from the Borderlands felt. How, like, it, it felt like some things felt very telltale like the, the dialogue options. Mm-hmm. But, like, especially the way they, like, handled the choices and ju- just... We've already talked about all our problems with it in general. It, it, it felt more like... We're we're gonna take some telltale things, but not necessarily yeah. all of it. Th- this I think feels closer. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely back. Is I guess the thesis of what we're saying right now. Yeah. Uh, it's an honest to goodness telltale game made by Telltale and Deck Nine. They really did it. Um, I will say that things like New Tales from the Borderlands had more similarities in terms of like scope per episode with some of the bigger telltale games uh because this right like yeah we've we've said it a lot of times per episode but like this episode is short it's really bite-sized and yeah and not just in playtime but it just felt like in terms of the story not a whole lot was it, it, it didn't feel like as much was uh not not as much happened compared to what i'm used to yeah, I think, it, like, in another Telltale game, there would have just been at least one more setting to see. Yeah. And there would have been, even in episode one, um, having to deal with the ramifications of a choice you made in an obvious way. Yeah, you know what I think part of it also is? I, I Even though we said this part was cool, part of it might just be you're just uh, floating, exploring the ship for so long that it feels like not as much is actually done. Well, not that long though, though, right? You know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the point. Like if it was actually so long, if it was, you know, you're exploring the ship for like a good amount of time, then that would have been a different kind of thing. Right. But I I'd say we spent more time. Well, maybe not more time, but I feel like a good chunk of the episode is still that compared to like uh, interacting with the crewmates, yes. for example, or making yeah, those yeah, yeah. big choices. So it, it it does just feel like not a whole lot happens because a good chunk of it, not a whole lot is happening. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is episode one of a game they're releasing like uh, two weeks at a time. So uh, I assume it'll ramp up. Yeah. And this is a... With the way that they're incorporating exploration into this game, uh, I do want to see more of that, but I also think there's a very clear route for them to go even further. Yeah. And and push it harder uh, and show, like, what if there was an area, a big area to explore where there was, like, stuff in it? (laughs) That sounds a little demeaning and i don't mean it to but like you're literally in the vacuum of space in this game um if there was a bunch of npcs that you might or might not find if you fully explore a space or um you know even more side questy type stuff that um has you do stuff when you find it rather than just like find a thing 
uh, yeah. that that could be a, an interesting space for new Telltale to explore. Yeah, totally. Um, but I gotta say, Mitchell did not see any Benang. Didn't see any Benang. Yeah, dang. Uh, I didn't see a. Um, Do you think there I didn't could see be any, like, like a an hidden... eating place at all? Do you think there could be like a hidden Benang bottle, like as some of the floating debris in the ship? Well, it it made me wonder who owns Benang um, hmm. legally. Yeah, that's a that's a good. I question. bet they don't know. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> if it, uh, what was the first one? Was the first one Salmon Max? Salmon Max season two. That that could theoretically mean Skunk Ape owns it. That's a good point. Mm. But then, mm. but then it's still in a lot of the games. Telltale themselves re-release. Uh, it's an interesting situation. Maybe there's some sort of mystery behind this Benang business. Well, Telltale doesn't release the Walking Dead ones. Um, right, but was I it mean... in Batman? Oh, was it in Batman? Because that's now the I only other remember. one they re-released. Oh, no, they put up a bunch of the. That's not re-releasing though. That's that's like put, getting the rights to sell one game is not the same as like having the rights to everything in it. Oh, uh, okay. I th- I thought it was. I I I mean I don't think so. Uh, well, that that is what I meant. Okay. J- just like having the rights to put those old games back up, uh, which I mean, I guess Benang was already in there. What are they going to do? Take it out? Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're going to take it out. Like um, they were selling. I guess they're not doing it anymore. But they were selling Strong Bad for a while. They don't have the rights to any of the Homestar stuff. Yeah. Outside of that. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's the episode, I think. I think uh, so as well. Congratulations, Telltale, on releasing a video game after a long slumber. Yeah, good for you. Uh, we are excited to see how it ends. What is your choice cut? Uh, whether or not to release Cox into space, because like I, sure. I felt pretty good about my choice, and you sound pretty good about your choice, for me, it was pretty obvious. I was like, no, I need to keep this guy around at least for a little longer. But I still like that you're just totally allowed to go, no, you're out of here. You're Dunion Rings, mister. Yeah, he. I just feel like he's so Dunion Rings to me. If I kept him <laughs> around, I would keep looking for like glass bottles to shank him with and stuff. Right. No, I get that. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, my choice cut, I think, is just at the very beginning, I guess the one you didn't get access to, which is uh, choosing whether or not you want to punch Arlen in the face. Because um, <laughs> that no, I, I got like access big... to it. I, oh, I, punching him I, you had access to? Yeah, I think the choice was you could choose to ignore him or punch him, and I just ignored him. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that that felt like establishing, am I going to make a connection with this crew in the way that befits my position as exo on a ship uh which is an interesting character dynamic because i don't think we've ever really got a position like this before where we're just like a professional Mm -hmm. like more than a nice person you're a professional um we we get like bigby who has a lot of like gray moral stuff uh, and we get Reese, 
who is a professional, but like his job is silly. So <laughs> his kinda, job is silly. His job is just kind of like whatever you can think you can convince people is what he does is what he does. <laughs> um, yeah. So like having someone who's more focused on just like, Hey, I need respect out of my people. I think that's an interesting RP vibe from a telltale game. We hadn't seen before. Right. Uh, so I, I was interested in being given that choice. Different kind of uh, character dynamic. Yeah, because normally we're such Boy Scouts on this podcast about the things we choose to do. And <laughs> we, we would be like, come on, don't make yeah, me punch you. <laughs> I, I, I will say I was I was pushing back a little bit. Like when uh, Khan was giving me shit, I was like, hey. Oh, that's interesting because I have the reverse of that. On Khan, I was trying to be fun. I was trying to be nice. Keep it light. Keep it flaky. <laughs> but uh, I, I wonder if that... Work. I wonder if that exact choice for both of us affected what we did with the twins. Be- because I, I kind of feel like I, at first I was like, you know what? I This character, at least so far, does feel kind of cold. Maybe I will. Oh, maybe. Maybe I will be a little stern with Khan. But then I got to the twins and I was like, well, no, what, what if I lightened it up a little bit? Uh, what's your golden moment? Golden moment was pushing the heads out of my way on the ship. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I was like, get these birthday party decorations out of here. It just, because it's it's pure zero, zero G. So they just float slowly in a perfect line and then like bonk <laughs> and spin off the wall. And it's, <laughs> it, it is very funny. Yeah, if it they were real life, it would not that. be. Yeah, if it were real life, it would not have been quite as funny. But here in a video game, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, this is great. Uh, mine is, did you find the exercise bike? No, I didn't find no exercise bike. What happened? There's an exercise bike on a fairly small panel of debris. Uh, not in like the three main ones, just out where you can explore. And if you look at the exercise bike, Drummer says... The inners have to work really hard to stay in shape out here in uh, lower gravity. I think they should just stay back home. <laughs> uh, inners referring to anyone, I guess, from inside the asteroid belt, like Earth and Mars. Right. And uh, that is an interesting concept. That's just some good little world building in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I would do very poorly in lower gravity for that exact situation that I had not considered in my <laughs> life before because I cannot convince myself to exercise. I've well, tried. I even, it's hard. I don't, to, I don't even want to do an exercise bike normally. Yeah, but I guess I would I would really have to if I was just living out there in the uh in the abyss. I guess the, the expanse space. is the word they used. <laughs> yeah, there you go. In the expanse. <laughs> who's your weekly guy this week it's maya i i think there was no one else that was like as fun and had as many um as, as well-founded a relationship with anyone else in the crew as maya yeah yeah maya's mine too for that exact reason even even drummer i'm like i'm not super sold on this protagonist yet yeah, I, um, I feel like we never really are on episode one, on the protagonist. Um, sometimes. I can see Drummer getting better later. What about our boy Guybrush Threepwood? 
I guess that doesn't count. He's been established before. Yeah, we know three point. Uh, and I, I guess our um, Reese? our, our take on Bruce like... Wayne was pretty good. Episode one, but even episode one, I thought I think there were uh, other ones I chose. Yeah, I, I, I think I didn't pick him until episode two, mm-hmm. where I was fully on board with him. Yeah, Bruce Wayne just kept getting better and better. Uh, yet drummer, I really hope also gets better and better uh i know that there's a lot of people that like her character a lot from her show like she's a standout character on the show that's good to hear i'm i'm excited about that and um yeah there's there's a great line i you know not too many lines in this game but i wrote this one down from maya you're exploring you need to find someone uh one of the officer's bodies you need to get their hand in order to open a fingerprint door. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you're looking around, just checking body after body to see if it's the right one, Maya's on the comms with you. Uh, and Maya asks you, like, wow, have you seen a massacre like this before? And Drummer goes, no, I haven't. Nothing like this anywhere. Uh, he looks like everyone just went big, uh, big Pakal over here. And Maya goes, what's Big Pakal? And drummer explains that just means it's like belter language for you go crazy. And then <laughs> uh, you look at one more body, and then Maya on the radio goes, "This much violence seems pretty big, Pacal to me." <laughs> like <laughs> she just immediately is trying to use it. <laughs> ah, yes, this word I've known my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> to the person who just told you the word. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great little moment. Uh, I knew in that moment that Maya was going to be the weekly guy. <laughs> yeah, that's something I'll give this is it. It feels like a series like this, it would be so easy to just be like totally dry in. But there's some humor here and there thrown in. Some, yeah, some I mean, you're so dialogue. far from a civilization that you can just be whatever you want, really. You're, you have a lot of free range. I guess not so much free range because this is a series with like 10 novels in it. And a bunch of seasons of a television show. So yeah. it, it's fairly established. But, you know, you can have as many jokes as you want so far away from anything else that matters. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Did you get that line, by the way, the Big Pacal thing? Because that's so funny to me. I, 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 laughed I did. Really I hard forgot about it. I forgot about it, but I laughed. Uh, it was that and moving the heads around that produced audible laughs out of me for this episode, which I didn't think was going to be a big laugher. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's only two, but that's more than I would have expected. Two good ones, though. I really like those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, that's that's our segment, so I believe that's the show. Good job, Mitchell. We did another show. Good job, Dustin, for... Uh, saying good job to me and just keeping the environment really light yeah i think we killed it yeah well we're going to continue killing it every episode for the rest of our lives because on next week's episode we're going to be jumping back into uh the walking dead a new frontier episode two the ties that bind part two so we'll finish i guess we'll finally finish the first episode of that game is one way to think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know what that is a good way to put it. I forgot that we're going to be going into part two of yeah of one episode. We'll have to see if it really feels like a two-parter or if it's just <laughs> something that they decided to do, something uh, they thought would be fun. 
yeah so we'll see you there next week and by the way uh the expanse comes out every two weeks so we will keep getting these episodes as they are new we're just going to be jumping between the walking dead and new frontier and the expanse yeah good plan good plan us yeah uh do you have any other thoughts about like what you want out of new telltale I don't know. It, it It's weird. I, I don't really, I'd have to see, because we only have the one episode of this so far, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to really place my thoughts on where New Telltale is. Um, I guess just more stuff. You know what I wouldn't mind? I wouldn't mind more lighthearted series, because I feel like something that happened with uh, the original Telltale and even this so far is it feels like a lot of M-rated titles, a lot of yeah. more adult series, except for like Minecraft. I wouldn't mind seeing a little more variety because we used to get like Sam and Max, Monkey Island, uh, Wallace mm-hmm. and Gromit. And, and like those weren't like little kid games. They were still I think they were still like uh, E10 plus or T. Um, but, you know, that's still more lighthearted, more jovial and cartoony. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that rather than just more big mm-hmm. Walking Dead-esque properties. Yeah, we saw, when you boot up the game for the first time, it asks you if you want to sign into your Telltale account, which I'm thinking, like, perfect. I've had this yeah. account for actually 15 years. I'll go ahead and use it. And then it didn't work. And then I needed to log in on my phone, try to find out why it didn't work. And then it said, oh, you're uh, trying to create your account right now. And I'm like, I'm not creating my account. And I can tell that you know you know that because it says since 2008 on my account name that you just uh, that you just showed me. But then I had to verify my email address and that created the account. So I think they've done something recently to like recreate the Telltale account system. Oh, huh? that's weird. I didn't have to do that. Okay. I just logged in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, good. That's good for you. Uh, yeah. By the way, like on that thing, it has the the Telltale logo and then three series um, characters behind it. On the left, it's Batman, and then in the middle, it's the Wolf Among Us, and then on the right, it's the Expanse. And that is so interesting to me because, like, that feels like just with the icon uh, iconography of it, this is the attempt to establish what Telltale is right now. Batman, right. the Wolf Among Us, and the Expanse are the front runners of this brand that I have never considered those the main things of. Uh, yeah, none but, of them. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, you know what? I should try logging in with my Telltale account to Batman now that I have... Uh, now that I know it works with like the new stuff, because I know it doesn't work with the old stuff. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I should... Well, the weird thing about Batman is it wouldn't let me log in, and I thought that's why it didn't give me my choices for, like, the first two episodes. But then all of a sudden it did. Yeah, and I had the choices too, so I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yeah, so that's just interesting, because, like, The Wolf Among Us, I think, to your point, does have, like, some of that aesthetic carryover a little bit. From right, uh, some, some of the lighter still, stuff, but it's definitely dark. It's super dark. Yeah, it's dark. still M-rated, super violent, and... It has I, I, it has actual sex in it. Yeah, you see a boob. You see multiple. Yeah, 
<laughs> Every time you see one, there's one other right around the corner. <laughs> I think I, there's going to be another one. <laughs> just like the worst, <laughs> the worst psychic in the world, just predicting when you're going to see the second boob. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to be surprised. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the show. I agree with that. I would like to see some more of that. In case this was interesting. <laughs> in case was, this was interesting to anyone you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to us on whatever you like to subscribe to your podcasts on we're on just about every little dang thing out there uh when we come back we'll be back in walking dead and then expanse and then walking dead like we said and until next time have a great summer have a great summer